Ladies and gentlemen, family and friends from around the country and around the world, this is your host for the David Harris Jr. Show. Ladies and gentlemen, family and friends from around the country and literally around the world, this is another show with your host, David J. Harris Jr. And today, I have the pleasure of having a friend of mine on the show. Liz and I have been in uh, similar circles, and I actually got to hear about the amazing documentary, Out of the Shadows, just a little over a month ago when I met with her and uh, Mike in uh, Nashville. Liz is an absolute warrior for truth. She has been slandered by the mainstream media, and we're going to clear a lot of that up today, as well as talk about this documentary that I hope all of you have seen, Out of Shadows. My guest today, and a privilege to have her on, Liz Crokin. Liz, how are you doing today, my sister? I'm good. Good to see you, David. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. A privilege and a pleasure. And let me just start off by saying amazing job on that uh, documentary. I watched it. uh, A friend of mine sent it to me over the weekend, last weekend, and I watched it the next morning with my wife, and it blew her away. I knew a lot of what was in there. I was so ecstatic that it was being exposed. It was a great documentary. You know, it leads people along. It's like people have to be led along in in increments in order to really get to what's really going on because it's such a hard jump from zero to reality without nefarious this whole thing is but I thought it was a I thought it was an incredible documentary great was was greatly done and your role in it was was brilliant it was good to see some exposure on how you were slandered by the mainstream media because of your reporting so how has it been yeah. since the release of this it was just last weekend I think it had like close to 5 million views on YouTube and then I'm pretty sure YouTube pulled it is that right no, it's still on YouTube, but what they're doing is they're censoring it. So when you go on YouTube and you type in Out of Shadows, it's really difficult to find. So I suggest for people to go on outofshadows.org if you want to find the film and watch it. It's free for anyone to watch. Our goal was to just get the truth out. That's why we didn't want to charge people or profit off of it. So they're censoring it, but it has not been taken down yet, thank God. And mm. I I always had a a gut feeling that it would do very well, but I was not anticipating for it to go so big, so fast. Um, This morning, the last time I checked, which was a few hours ago, we were at 7.2 million views. And that's just on our YouTube channel. And a lot we've encouraged, we've actually encouraged other people to upload it to their channels. And there's been some patriots that have uploaded it and translated the movie into other languages as well. So the numbers are actually much bigger than 7.2 million. And I mean, it's just been so overwhelming. I just got a call right before we got on to do the show that Mel Gibson has watched it and is sending it around to people. So that's not straight from Mel, but like it's coming from a good source. So I believe it's true. So it's just been absolutely incredible. The feedback's been amazing. Aside from, you know, some media hit pieces, but there's actually been very few, surprisingly. Yeah, that is surprising because you definitely put uh, the mainstream media on blast. I mean, it really exposes. I'm just curious how many people have, have watched Out of Shadows 
And you're right. It's definitely more than the 7.2 million that's on your own YouTube because I've searched for it the last two days in a row as I was pulling some clips for today's show with you. And I couldn't find the original uh, the original post. There was a secondary post that yeah. I found that had almost a million views on it. And that's what I wound up uh, using to pull some of the clips. So, But you definitely, the film definitely exposes the complicity of the mainstream media in really pushing a narrative that is programming the people. It's doing exactly what we all know and have called programming for decades. They're literally programming us. So let, let's jump back into... What have been some of the positive, maybe aha moments or messages or phone calls that you've gotten from people? What have been some of the the positive responses you've received so far? Well, the best responses that I'm receiving from people is there are a lot of people in our community who are awake and they know what's going on. They know about the Satanism in Hollywood. They know about the child sex trafficking, but they've had a very hard time red pilling their friends, their loved ones, their significant others, their children. And I've gotten so many messages from people who are awake, like we are, who said, I have been trying to red pill a friend or family member for years. And I was not able to red pill them until they watched this documentary. Now they believe me. Now they know I'm not crazy. Now they are awake and they get it. And I've been getting hundreds of messages like. Wow. I could see that because like I said, I watched it with my bride and there was a lot of information in there that she had no idea about. And I, and again, I, I'm on the news, you know, I have my own news show, yeah. but uh, it's interesting in our home, you know, personally, what, what I can share and what I try to share and how much of it, you know, for people that haven't seen the evidence in front of them and especially coming from, you know, your own spouse, it's harder a lot of times to hear information from your own personal friends or spouse or family members. But when it's somebody like Mike Smith, that's been in Hollywood for 28 plus years, that knows and has been around these the entertainment industry in Hollywood that's coming out and even acknowledging, you know, that he he didn't find God because of anything other than realizing that that the devil was real, that that Satanism was real. And if Satan is real, then God must be real. I mean, it's absolutely a brilliant story. I wonder how uh, I'd love to have him on and really do a deep dive with him as well. But what are some of the uh, what are some of the hit pieces that you've that you've received? Or what, is, what are some of the, the negatives that you've gotten so far? Any, any um, really honest, any death threats? No, I've dealt with death threats, though. I started exposing the child sex trafficking and Pizzagate, you know, Jeffrey Epstein um, in 2016. So I, I dealt with way more problems actually back then because nobody was talking about the child sex trafficking that nobody was talking about Jeffrey Epstein back then. Nobody was talking about the pedophilia rings in Hollywood back then. And um, so I, I dealt with a lot of really horrible things in 2016, 2017 death threats. My dog was poisoned. I constantly harassed, constantly followed. Did they, did he die? No. He survived. I uh, this was after I broke a big story exposing Hillary Clinton and some campaign fraud that was going on. It was right before the election. The story got published in the New York Observer and um, it went very viral. And a lot of major players um, who support Trump, such as his son and Kellyanne Conway, James Woods, shared the story. And um, within a few days, my, my dog went into anaphylactic shock. 
and almost died. I got him to the emergency room, the doc, the animal hospital quick enough. So he was able to survive. But I have friends in the very, I have friends in the know, let's just say that confirmed to me that yes, he was targeted and he was poisoned. So, you know, you you speak out against these people, especially the pedophilia and the sex trafficking rings. And those are the kinds of consequences you face. You know, I I continue to share on my show and on my podcast that this fight that it seems like we're in between conservatives and liberals or Republicans and Democrats, it's really honestly more of a fight between good and evil because I don't hear about and I haven't heard about and the only stories that I've heard of conservatives actually doing something violent or being aggressive towards liberals have all been exposed as fake, like Jesse Smollett, like the uh, football player that trashed his own business and then went and blamed it on some Trump supporters. And then the cops found all the stuff in the back of his truck. It continues to be exposed when conservatives or Trump supporters are blamed for doing something aggressive, yet stories like yours, where you're trying to bring truth to the people and shine a light on some very darkness that's that's some darkness that's going on and they try to kill your dog i mean that that had to make you pretty fearful for your life it was horrible i stepped back for a while and i left the country for a while but you know i truly believe that god called me to do this i have the background in journalism and i worked in politics i worked in the white house i worked in hollywood for many years and i also was the victim of a sexual assault many years ago and after that happened i became an advocate for victims so after reading the podesta emails and learning that the sex trafficking is real and these members of the elite truly are trafficking children i knew I had to do something about it. And I believe that it's what God called me to do. And it's been a nightmare. It's been a horrible few years. But I it, I just knew that it's what God put me on this planet to do. You know, it strengthened my faith in God. And I just couldn't stop. I couldn't stop doing this work because all of the suffering that I've had to go through to get this message out is nothing compared to what these kids who they traffic and torture uh, go through. So, you know, I have just stayed strong in my faith and never wavered. And now, you know, things are coming full circle. The truth is finally getting out. You know, I went from having people just constantly trash me and write horrible, nasty comments on my social media pages to earning, you know, tens of thousands of supporters and but rarely ever do I get a negative comment now on my social media pages. So the pendulum has swung. People are starting to wake up. The truth is getting out there. People are learning that the stuff is real. And this documentary is changing the world. So it's just amazing to be a part of it. And I'm just humbled that I could be a, you know, a, a small piece in, in this project to wake up the masses. Well, we appreciate you. I appreciate you. And I can just feel your heartache. You know, as you begin talking about children, it's just it's got to be one of the most nefarious and the most evil things that a person could do is hurt a child in or out of the womb. Literally, it's you know, but some of this it's both they're both evil, but it's right on par with, you know, a baby being dismembered in the womb is horrific. Yeah. But a child that's trafficked is living through that torture for years. It's just so, it's so hard to try to wrap your head around. I think Mike Smith said it in the, in the movie, 
you know, he's like, if I saw somebody hurting a child, I would kill them. He's like, I would mm-hmm. literally kill them. And I, I, I can feel that I would pummel somebody. If I saw somebody yeah. doing something harmful or hurtful to a child, especially any type of torture. But let's back up for a minute because you've been slandered in the mainstream media. You've been you've been blasted as a conspiracy theorist. You've had your name more than drug through the mud. But give our yeah. give our audience uh, today uh, inside view into who you were before you started to report on the pedophilia that was in D.C. We'll get to that in a minute. But give us your background and your training in journalism and some of the places that you worked with and some of the people that you worked for. I start my first journalism job was when I was still in high school. I got an internship at Fox News Chicago. And I think I was 17 or 18 years old when I got that first internship. Then I had multiple internships, news internships when I was in college. One of them was with Bill O'Reilly at Fox News Channel. Then I got an internship working for a White House reporter um, in 2000 or 2001. And I was working as an intern reporting in the White House. But after I finished that, I continued to do some reporting in the White House for a political website. Then I, I moved to Chicago and started working for the Chicago Tribune's City News Wire service, where I was reporting on local politics and hard news. Then I got my own column in the Red Eye Edition of the Chicago Tribune that where I covered entertainment and celebrities. And the column was very successful. I broke a lot of stories in that column. And so a lot of people from these entertainment magazines reached out to me and asked me to start working for them. So then I started traveling the country for magazines such as Us Weekly, covering celebrities, um, celebrities and politicians, people like Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt, Britney Spears, Mitt Romney. And I did that for many years. I eventually moved to Hollywood and worked at various entertainment magazines as a reporter and or editor. Then I was the victim of a sexual assault and I got very ill as a result of that. So I wasn't able to work for a few years. So during that time, I wrote my book which was, it's called Malice and it's inspired by, it's fiction, but inspired by true events that have happened in my life. And the book got an award at the Hollywood Book Festival. And then in 2016, I saw how vicious and just corrupt the media had gotten. I couldn't believe the lies that were being spread about Donald Trump. And I had covered... Donald Trump um, when he was doing The Apprentice. And I used to actually fly to New York to cover The Apprentice finale because I was friends with the first guy that won The Apprentice. His name is Bill Rancic. And I got to know his President Trump's family. I did a one-on-one interview with Ivanka. And they were at that time building Trump Tower in Chicago. So they were always in Chicago. And so I was always reporting on them. And the media and Hollywood loved him and embraced him until he announced that he was running for president as a Republican. And they all flipped on him and they all, you know, started calling him nasty names, as you well know. And at that point in time, I I couldn't sit back and do nothing. I was so sickened mm-hmm. with the lies that were being spread about him. And then also the lies that were being spread about Hillary Clinton, because we had the mainstream media and all these tech companies and Google and Twitter all working in her favor, all colluding to help her. And so I decided to get back into journalism in 2016 
because I couldn't stand all the lies that were being reported about then candidate Donald Trump. So I started working for Town Hall and the New York Observer, and I broke a lot of stories um, related to the election that did very well, and they went viral. And then the fall of 2016, I read the Podesta emails, and that's when I realized that Pizzagate is real. And I started reporting on that. And that's when the mainstream media started blacklisting me, censoring me, and trashing me. And until that point in time, I had never so much as, not only have I ever been sued on a story, I have never so much as got an illegal letter. And I have done cover story after cover story after cover story, some of them very salacious on very big and powerful people, A-list celebrities, you name it. And I have never gotten a story wrong. You know, my reputation was perfect. It was very good. But the second I started telling the truth about Pizzagate, I, I got attacked like you wouldn't believe. And, you know, they wouldn't even acknowledge that I have a media background. You know, a lot of these hit pieces that have been written about me have called me a citizen journalist or they call me a so-called journalist or self-proclaimed journalist. Well, it all it takes a five second search on the internet to find out what my true background is. You know, again, I, I'm 41 years old and I got my first journalism job when I was 18. So I've been working in media for affluent news organizations for over 20 years, wow. you know, but they, they don't want you to know that. So they just call me a, a so-called journalist or, you know, like a self-proclaimed journalist. And they put it in quotes, journalists to mock me, but it's, it's a lie. It's all lies. So you went from being very much entrenched, very much appreciated, respected in news circles, in the media, breaking stories, welcomed and uh, by by very famous and very influential people from Hollywood to politics. You, you said Mitt Romney, Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt, Ivanka Trump. You were you were talking to everybody and everybody was, you know, respected you. And, it, and as soon as you started to blow the whistle I know I I I know your your background too. One point you said that one of your bosses always said to triple check everything and pretty much triple check it again before you ran with mm -hmm. something. So your journalism style is not what we're currently seeing today on CNN, MSNBC, ABC, pretty much yeah. any of them. Even Fox gets some things wrong from time to time. You know I I know some things are changing with the heads of Fox. They probably won't even be the same news company any longer within two to four years, but. Yeah. You went from that individual that was respected, appreciated and welcomed to the crazy mm -hmm. self-proclaimed citizen journalist. Yeah. Conspiracy theorist, you know, whack job, nut. And every story that they write about me, they rarely ever contact me. They rarely ever ask for my side of the story. That's journalism 101. If you're going to do a story about someone or, or something someone's claiming, then you reach out to them for comment. That's, right. I mean, that's one of the first things you learn in journalism school. That never happens. And what they'll say is, you know, they'll mock me, they'll make fun of me, and they'll claim I'm not a real journalist. And then they'll talk about Pizzagate. And they'll say, you know, she's promoting the debunked conspiracy theory. Well, you'll never see in the story how it's been debunked. They just say it's been debunked. But you'll never see them explaining how it's been debunked ever. Yeah, they don't. 
Uh, it's funny. My, no. my wife actually found a documentary. I don't know the name. You may know the name. I'm pretty sure it's on HBO. And it's basically trying to uh, discredit Pizzagate, tries to discredit things that have to do with Q. I know a lot of QAnons. They're very privy to, you know, what we're talking about, right. you know, child sex trafficking, satanic ritualism in Hollywood, in, in, uh, in the global elites, in government, part of the deep state. This this film and and I had just watched Out of Shadows, and then it was like two mm -hmm. days later I was watching this film because my wife's like I want to hear the other side, and yeah, it's it's insane. It's exactly what Out of Shadows is about. That that documentary put out by HBO is all about tugging on heartstrings. They had the mm -hmm. two owners of the pizza, Comet Pizza and Ping Pong Pizza. They had those two talking about how it's a family oriented oriented place. There's kids around. They were feeling threatened for their life, but then that's all fine and dandy, right? If that's, mm -hmm. if that's the case and let's give them the benefit of the doubt, right? For our viewers, for the listeners that haven't seen mm -hmm. out of shadows yet, let's say that, that none of that was going on. They still didn't ask the questions. They still didn't, they didn't answer why John Podesta was talking about pizza and handkerchiefs mm -hmm. and kids ages seven, nine and 11 why he was inviting yeah. them, why was he, he was inviting people and why he was using that, that location to do so. So, you know, obviously then they go on in their documentary and they show the guy that went there with an AK 47 or whatever and shot up the place and tried to bust in a, a closet and there was nothing in there. Right. Let me ask you, what do you, what do you think? Do you think that, because here's the problem, it, it's, it's not been proven, but it's not been debunked and the mainstream media Instead of asking questions, they just say it's been debunked. Well, no, it wasn't ever debunked. Right. There was never an investigation. There's a lot of things left unanswered. But use the example of the guy that broke in or, or walked in and shot up, uh, you know, shot through the closet. Mm -hmm. He didn't find anything. What is your, I guess at this point, it is a theory. What is your theory, unless you have inside information that you can share on maybe what changed? Because I know the websites changed the face. They changed the look. They took all the things, mm -hmm. the, the symbolism of pedophilia off the website, off mm -hmm. of their off of their logos. What do you think happened as to why maybe the guy didn't find it? Or is it just he went in in broad daylight and there's a secret passage at nighttime or something else? What, what do you think happened there? Well, the guy that shot up Comet Ping Pong, that was a false flag. So what what the cabal does is the, they. Uh, people like me are a problem for the cabal. Because I'm telling the truth about the one thing that they don't want the world to find out, and that's that they're trafficking children, right? So what they'll do is they will they will take people that they have hired guns, and they will activate them to commit crimes or engage in false flags to make the entire movement look crazy, and wow. just and to distract from what's really going on. They do it all the time, and that is exactly what happened with that shooting. This, that was a cabal, a cabal tactic, and it was the purpose of it was to make everyone that believes in pizza game knows it's real look crazy. And it's no coincidence that I was just going to say it's no coincidence that the guy walked into Comet Ping Pong and the one thing that he shot up was their server. And my sources told me there was child porn on that server. So how convenient is that? You know, and another thing that the media talks about with James Alphonsus so and wait, Comet wait, Ping wait. Pong. Your sources, because they didn't cover that in the documentary, it looked like it was just a closet where they held their held their jackets. But again, we're being programmed. We're watching what they want us to see and what they want us mm -hmm. to hear. So uh, again, I always try to step back a little bit 
and say, is it possible that if this was actually going on and the radar, they were on the radar, this place is on the mm-hmm. radar, they've, they've scrubbed, I've seen with my own eyes how they had, and the one gentleman that had the reality check show on CBS, he was actually trying to expose it. He was showing yeah. specifically the, what was his name? Ben Swan. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ben Swan. He was showing specifically the logos and the, yeah. and the symbols for pedophilia. It was on their website. It was on both of them. Yeah. And then as soon as everything broke, their websites changed, their logos changed. There were pictures of Hillary Clinton in there. All those are gone. Mm-hmm. I saw that with my yeah. own eyes. I remember that yeah. it was a few years ago now. And I remember talking about it and reporting it back then, but if, if again, if going back to, I always try to bring my audience back to this. If this was taking place and the global elites know that they're on the radar, mm-hmm. why wouldn't they do something to try to create a distraction to get people off the narrative of what the heck's going on there? So a false flag, as far as the cabal actually having somebody go do this and shoot stuff, something up. It makes sense. Now, you've got inside sources that say that it was the servers that were shot up. Mm-hmm. I believe that was reported in the mainstream media, too. Wow. You know, and, and but I just want your your audience to know Pizzagate is not just about Comet Ping Pong. It's not about one restaurant. And again, that was the way that the media and the cabal spun it. And they they wanted you to believe that this elite pedophile ring, which is true and really does exist. it is only operating out of this one little pizza shop in Washington, D.C. And they did that because then it becomes less believable. And that's not what Pizzagate is. Pizzagate is because of the Podesta emails and because of all the pizza code words and Podesta's emails and other code words, pedophile code words, such as hot dogs and walnut sauce. There's a bunch of different code words relating to food that really have to do with pedophilia. But what Pizzagate is, is, you know, the Podesta emails came out and they were littered with pedophile code words, including the word pizza. And it proved that many of these elites are involved in the rape, torture and trafficking of children. And they are operating a global child sex trafficking network. And it's not just in one location. You know, we have Epstein Island. We have places in Hollywood. There are tunnels that connect underground to a lot of these people's homes. This is a global problem and it's a global network. But what the media wanted you to believe is that it was just about one pizza shop because if you think that these global elites are trafficking kids just in one little pizza shop, it's less believable. And so that's why they hyper-focused on James. Now, the owner of that pizza shop, he is friends with and supported Hillary Clinton and did a lot of fundraising events for her. Just his Instagram page alone, he had photos of children who looked abused. He had photos of children sexualized. You know, he had photos of children in compromising positions with captions like chicken lovers. Chicken lover is a gay man that likes to have sex with a little boy. He was so brazen on his Instagram page and used blatant known pedophile code words and posted pictures of children exploiting them, children that look abused. That alone his Instagram page alone should have been enough for police to investigate him. And but they? there never was an inv- he, he's friends with the he was friends with the DC police chief. 
and see one of my one of my good friends, Yako Buyans. Uh, I've had him on my show before. He's he's one of the leading. He's one of the leaders. I mean, I know there's a lot in the movement of fighting sex trafficking. One of the things that he's told me, and he's been he's been down in the you know in the in the mire and 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 getting kids out in our own country. And he says nobody yeah. is off limits. It's the fire chief. It's the police captain. It's the principal. It's the CEO. It's the janitor. It's the guy next door. He's like, it is everywhere. So it is for them to, try what, to do that. You, you mentioned tunnels. Have you seen any of these tunnels yourself or pictures? I've seen pictures and, you know, I've been researching this for four years, but the hubs for trafficking would be the ports. So Long Beach port in California and ports in Miami and in Florida, the Caribbean's a hotspot. Obviously that's where Jeffrey Epstein's Island is. Haiti is a, is a, big hotspot for trafficking, but well, these tunnels. Said, maybe I misunderstood you. I thought you, I thought you said that some elites even have tunnels underground to their houses. Yeah, no, they do. So, okay, let me give you an example. So there, a lot of these elites have tunnels under their homes. So the Playboy mansion is one of them and you can, that's open source information. You can find it. A yeah. lot of these tunnels connect to other homes. They're owned by elites. So uh, the Playboy mansion is very close. There's a new owner, obviously of the Playboy mansion, Eric Schmidt, his home is very close to the Playboy Mansion. I believe that he bought his home when Hugh Hefner was still living in the Playboy Mansion. So I would be surprised if there's a tunnel connecting from Eric Schmitz to Hugh Hefner. But there's actually been articles discussing how there's tunnels under the Playboy Mansion that do connect to other people's homes that are owned by celebrities and or elites in the neighborhood. But let me give you an example. Harry Morton owns a place called Pink Taco in Hollywood on Sunset Boulevard. Mm -hmm. Well, he mysteriously died a few months ago and he's in Adam Schiff's district and there's a lot of trafficking that goes on in Adam Schiff's district and there's trafficking that goes on at the Standard Hotel. Well, his restaurant, Pink Taco, is just right across the street and maybe a block away, maybe two blocks away from the Standard Hotel. So after he died, I was I started researching him and I was like, hmm, I wonder if his restaurant, you know, ties in with any of this trafficking and maybe, you know, his, his death was a murder. So I started doing the research and sure enough, I found an article of him talking about how there's an underground tunnel at Pink Taco that connects to the Chateau Marmont. Well, the Chateau Marmont is a hotspot for the biggest celebrities. Chateau Marmont is a place where all the celebrities go and they hang out. I mean, I've been there before you, you cannot go to the Chateau Marmont and not see an A-list celebrity there. There's usually always someone really famous there any day of the week. And this was in a mainstream media article. Carrie acknowledged that there was a tunnel that connected from Chateau Marmont to his restaurant. They're everywhere. And then I'll also add wow. this. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the McMartin preschool scandal, but there was a preschool in Manhattan Beach, California, and the children were trafficked to a church via underground tunnels. And when they got to this church, they were raped and they were the victims of satanic ritualistic abuse by politicians, athletes, and celebrities. And this was a huge story. And actually the mainstream media covered it. This was, I believe in the eighties or nineties. Okay. The mainstream media covered it. It was a huge trial. And the owners of the preschool were found not guilty because they weren't able to find the tunnels. Well, guess what? The FBI a few months ago released a document proving that the tunnels were real and they did exist. They had covered wow. them up. Wow. 
it's so it's so nefarious you know we've got so much going on we're we're all self isolating right now for the most part we've got this pandemic that's you know breathing down our neck we've got the president that's getting ready to it sounds like reopen the economy hopefully this week in certain parts of the of the country we've got uh you know other countries that are just reeling we've i i personally believe that this virus was human engineered and released intentionally mm-hmm. to try to bring absolute catastrophe to the United States, not really caring. That's my personal belief, not really caring yeah. what other countries get demolished, but what the president has done is doing and about to win again this next election. I really believe that the global cabal, they know their time is coming. And in order for them to try to get the president out or get out from underneath the weight, the hammer that's going to drop on them. I think they said, who cares who dies? And they, they released this virus and thank God president Trump shut off the ports of entry to Wuhan specifically, but all of China when he did on January 31st, because we'd have 10 times, if not a hundred times the cases of those that contracted it and died in our country right now here in the middle of April. What's your thoughts? Yeah. And feeling on this virus. Uh, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, they pretty much confirmed, I believe it was in the press or yesterday that it was the virus was created in a lab, I believe. So, well, yeah, I kind of say what I, what I saw John uh, with Fox say was, you know, that it was that it was uh, natural, but it was in a lab. How is it? How, did, how does in it in a lab? If you're in, if you're in a yeah. lab working on a virus, you're in there to engineer something or create right. or concoct it. But yeah, I did hear the same thing. That's the latest story that's now finally well, coming the out. Sil- yeah, the silver lining for this quarantine time period is that, and I suspected this weeks ago when we got confirmation on this, is that President Trump and the White Hats, the military are using this pandemic that was created by the cabal to conduct their own military operations. And they have been actually conducting arrests with the CJNG cartel members, MS-13, and they've been going after the human trafficking and drug cartel rings. And so there are many military operations that are active right now that are tackling the drug and human trafficking problems. And President Trump confirmed that and our military confirmed that. Um, So that is one positive about this whole pandemic is that it's giving the good guys an opportunity to go in and make arrests and to, you know, save human trafficking victims. It's just, it's pretty much like everything else that they've thrown at our president since he's been in office, every single thing that they throw at him, they try to take him out and it winds up landing on their own heads. It's literally like, it's, I, I firmly believe it's God's grace and his anointing on president Donald Trump the same as it was with uh, Ruth uh, or with Esther and Mordecai when Haman wanted to hang Mordecai and uh, the gallows wound up hanging him himself. Yeah, absolutely. He's truly anointed by God. And, you know, anyone that tries to attack him or, or hurt him and the Trump curse goes into effect usually within 24 hours. So he he is anointed by God. He is a man of God and he is doing God's work. No question about that. There's a central theme that I continue to hear from individuals that love our country, that love this president. They also seem to love God. And it's such a beautiful thing that I think that people are waking up to 
to realize, you know, if I don't have a love for God and I'm kind of leaning over here on the left where all these individuals are doing all this crazy stuff, we're, we're, what's really going on behind the scenes? You know, I, I'm so thankful that you've chosen to stand your ground and walk a very, very hard path in trying to wake up the masses. I, I'm going to start praying for you even more than I do. When I think about you, I'll, I'll be praying for you uh, that this just continues to to unravel. What would you say as far as the next step or your hope or your goal from this clip? And actually, I want to show a clip because I think it's a really beautiful thing that Michael uh, is sharing his story of how he's waking up. He's been in Hollywood. He's been surrounded with A-list people. And I'm going to show two clips really quick. This one is kind of his moment where he just realized something's wrong. He gets injured. Obviously, hopefully you've seen mm-hmm. Out of Shadows. If not, this is a little little precursor. He gets injured. He's an he's a he's a, a stuntman for A list actors in some of the biggest blockbusters Hollywood's ever put out. Period, and he gets injured. And because the the injuries to his lower back, he has to go see a uh, pelvic therapist. And it's what this pelvic therapist that believes in God and is praying for him says that starts to wake him up. Let's let's watch this together. You are either 100% batshit crazy, or you think all this is real in the spirit world. And she looked at me and she said, Michael, I am one of the only pelvic floor therapists in Southern California at the time. And when these satanic people and these evil people do their rituals to little girls and women and boys, who do you think puts them back together? I do. It's completely real and you need to look into it. And I'm so glad that he did look into it because that led him ultimately to you. He shared that out of all the people that he would, all the videos he'd be looking uh, at on YouTube, Facebook, on social media, he continued to find you standing up and trying to expose yeah. all the nefarious deeds of the uh, the elite. Uh, what was that like when he first reached out to you? What, did you did he share who he was? How did that happen? Yeah, we um, connected. I think on social media first, and then we got on the phone. and And I just loved his story. I was inspired by him, and you know, we kind of have had similar past in the sense that, you know, we both were kind of at the height of our game and our career. And then we both got, he got injured and I got very ill to the point where I almost died. And we both weren't able to work in our professions the same way after that. You know, I, I lost almost everything. I, you know, was very sick for a very long time. I couldn't work. I couldn't pay my bills. I went into medical debt. I was on welfare. I was on disability. And God brought me down to my knees and it humbled me. I mean, I always have been a person of faith, but it made my faith much stronger. And it was a very horrible time period in my life. And, but what I realize now is that God was preparing me for something much bigger. And if I had not gone through the experiences that I went through, I never would have understood Pizzagate. I never would have believed it's real. And furthermore, even if I did understand Pizzagate, I would not have had the strength to fight this fight. And sometimes it takes losing everything to become that strong warrior for God. And that is exactly what happens in my life. And so I just hope that my story encourages people because 
you know, now at the time it was horrible. It, I, I, there were days where I didn't think I could go on, but I look back at my life now. And even though I went through some really, really horrible things, it was a gift. It made me the person I am today. It made me stronger. And my skin is so thick, you know, like I, I, there's nothing that I can't deal with. And God built me up so I could fight this fight. And I had to go through those things to get here. And Mike had to go through the journey that he had to go through. He, he had a horrible injury. He was paralyzed. I mean, he went from jumping out of fireballs and, you know, crashing cars to like, he was paralyzed from his waist down. And, you know, so we, we both were, were, were brought to our knees and humbled by God, but look at, look at where we are now. You know, God was preparing us for something greater. And sometimes you need to be stripped of everything to be the person that God wants you to be. Well, I think that's a great message, especially right now, while so many Americans feel like they've been stripped from so much. People aren't working in the millions in our country. Um, the, the death toll, I think, is over 25, 6,000 here in the United States, which you know is, is always sad and heartbreaking. But just the fact that people don't have their civil liberties, you know, freedom of association, freedom of, uh, uh, you know, the freedom yeah. to go, just go out and, and even just see your friends in some states. You can't even go to your neighbor's house or a friend's house, but then yeah. to not be able to work. And, and there's so much uncertainty as to you know, what the future holds. And I think that your story that you just shared is so beautiful for people to hear right now, especially because I believe, while I don't believe that God causes the the negative things to happen to us, mm-hmm. I don't believe that. But I believe that because we live in the current world that we're in and evil does exist and man has free will, and if they choose to use their free will to listen to evil, then evil things can happen to to good people. But I believe yeah. and I've anchored my life to a verse that says God can cause all things to work together for your good. And I, and I believe that that's mm-hmm. what he did in your life and in Mike's life. I know he's done it in my life. And I believe for those watching or listening right now, wondering what's the future hold and where am I going to be in the next two months, five months or a year or, or whatever have you, I believe right now is a perfect time to really dig into your faith like Liz shared and get closer to God and let him be your shield and let him bring you through this. He'll bring us all through this. If we allow him to let him bring us through this and have faith that when we come out on the other side, we're going to be in a more aligned position with him. We're going to have, you know, things taking place in our life that we had no idea or even dreamed of, and that we're going to be better off that, that, that things will be caused to work together for our good. So I I really think that that's a beautiful message. Thank you. I agree with you 100%. And, and people are going to be more appreciative. You know, we're, we're being stripped of daily activities and being able to go out to dinner and, you know, hang out with friends and whatnot. And so after this lockdown is over, which I believe will be very soon, we're going to appreciate those small things that we've taken for granted so much more. Well, what is your ultimate goal for Out of Shadows? What, what, do, you, what do you hope? Is there an Out of Shadows 2? Do you, do you, are you thinking along those lines? What's next? For you, I know you're doing a ton of interviews, and I'm I'm honored that you that you could come on my show today. But what's next for you? I think we'll probably do another doc. Hopefully, we'll do another Out of Shadows too, because in the first documentary, we barely scratched the surface. There's so much more that we can get into, and so much more people can learn. But with the first doc, we just the doc was meant for people that 
are not awake and don't know that this stuff is going on. So we didn't want to go too deep and, you know, down the rabbit hole. Um, so, you know, there's a good chance that we'll probably do another doc because this one, you know, was so successful. And, you know, I just would like to continue doing my advocacy work and reporting on the sex trafficking because until these people who have been trafficking children meet justice, I want to be on the front lines of this. So, you know, I'll continue to do my reporting, my YouTube channel, my social media interviews, like with people like you and, you know, hopefully another doc, maybe write another book, you know? Um, yeah. Well, I hope that you do. And I really truly believe that God has more in store for you than you've even conceived or even thought of yet. I really hope all my audience today listening or watching, watch the documentary on YouTube, Out of Shadows, buy Liz's book, Malice. Tell everybody where they can get that book. Is it on your website? Yeah, it's on Amazon. Just type in Malice by Liz Crokin and Get your book. And I just want to pray, Father God, I'm just so thankful for Liz. I'm thankful for her heart, for her passion, her desire to not give up and the grace and the courage that you've given her to be able to be in the middle of this battle. And I'm so thankful that this documentary has been explosive in waking up hearts and minds to the reality of what is truly going on, because it's only when we are awake that we can then be used. So I just pray blessing and favor and rest and peace and and prosperity, just, just abundance, just favor and new doors opening up uh, all over the place for Liz in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the prayer. My pleasure, Liz. Thank you so much for uh, for joining me today. I'd love to have you back on again, maybe in a month or so, and just kind of see where the uh, the wave of all of this has taken you. Yeah. And just again, encourage my audience to follow you. What's your handle on social media? Make sure we get that out there, and I'll put it on the screen for us uh, too. On Instagram at Liz Crokin, L I Z C R O K I N. All yeah, of them. Are I'm on Liz Facebook. Crokin. Okay. Well, thank yeah. you so much for joining with me today, Liz. God bless you, and we'll talk to you again very soon, okay? Thank you, David. All right, bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this today. If you have not seen Out of Shadows, please watch that documentary uh, and share it with friends and family. Get Liz's book, Malice. Get that on Amazon, and just pray for her and pray for the individuals that watch that that documentary, that they'll be that they'll wake up to the truth about what is taking place and that they will then not be asleep anymore and at least understand what's going on and not be programmed and not do so much programming, be programmed constantly when they're watching TV, that they'll be awake and alert and aware of what's taking place and they won't let that programming inside of them to then skew how they think and what they think. So barely covered the surface today of that documentary, but uh, it was definitely a pleasure to have Liz on. If this if this inspired you, if it encouraged you, if you like the information that I shared, please send this uh, send this podcast out to five or ten friends. Just blast it all over the place. Give me a five-star rating if you like what I share, and please leave a review as well. That'll help me go a long way in trying to continue to reach the masses with the truth. David J. Harris Jr. saying God bless you, and until next time, bye-bye. Bye-bye.